G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. If you're into cars, get into Repco. Everything you need for your car this summer. Want to know your apex from your brake bias? This is Race Control with Greg Murphy and Stephen McIver. This is SENZ on a Thursday evening around New Zealand and also Australia on the SEN app. It is a 7.01 and a time to get busy with uh, two hours full of motorsport. Stephen McIver and Murph at the estate in Hawke's Bay. Good evening to you, Murph. How are you, mate? All right, mate. All right. It's Good. A, yeah, yes. It's a busy old night. We might as well dive straight into it because... When is it not? Uh, this weekend, it is the South Canterbury Rally in Timaru, and the New Zealand Rally Championship leader is Hayden Padden, brought to you by Mighty Ten Trade, proudly locally owned and operated. He joins us right now. Hey, Hayden, how are you, mate? Yeah, thanks, Stephen. Hey, um, I was reading that you you reckon this is probably one of the fastest rallies in New Zealand. Uh, yeah, definitely. It's, uh, well, there's a couple of forestry stages, but other than that, it's, uh, it's literally a motorway on gravel down here. So uh, it's uh, tighten your belt, hang on, hook in six gear, and uh, don't lift. Um, mate, uh, things have been going pretty good for you. Uh, the Hyundai has been very reliable and, and um, obviously giving you plenty of time in the seat. Um, you know what? What more would you like to be trying to do right now before heading overseas? What more could you be doing to be better prepared? Is there anything, or is this this is as good as it gets? Uh, it's really just about seat time. Um, just trying to get back into a rhythm of driving a bit more regularly. Um, you know, Otago, we sort of struggled for a rhythm, but Fongaro was certainly coming back. And obviously, with a different co-driver in the car this this weekend, it's sort of uh, you know um, it's a slightly different rhythm that'll be needed. But you know, still on these sort of roads, you need a lot of commitment. And you know, the, the gravel rallies that we're going to Europe to do, Latvia, Estonia, Finland, they're all super fast rallies. So having a high commitment rally here is, is a good warm up before we head overseas. Well, there are, there's plenty. You've got a 22 point lead in the championship, Hayden, but there are plenty of coming, and it's a strong field yet again. Oh, it's, it's awesome to see uh, New Zealand rallying going from strength to strength. Like, you know, we say it every year, but you know, this year is uh, certainly no different. That it is a lot of new cars. The drivers are really picking up the pace. Um, you know, we were expecting some close competition this weekend. Like Ben's obviously getting the grips with his new car and it's going very well. Um, but you know, we know Robbie will, will be will Robbie Stokes will be super fast here. Um, so you know, we're going to have to be you know pushing, and and that's going to be a, I think quite a close fight. A new co-driver. You mentioned that a minute ago. Uh, tell us a little about uh, the young fella that's going to sit next to you. Obviously, trying to fight, go faster by saving some weight. <laughs> yeah, well, that, that is one um, positive, if you like. I'm not sure how much uh, less kilos he is than Don. That's probably rude to ask, but um, no, it's great to have Jared in the car. He's um, he's only 18, which is a bit of a surprise because he, he's been around uh, co-driving um, for five or six years in New Zealand. So. 
um, you know, he's a very good young um, co-driver. He's up and coming, and it's a good opportunity. John's been working uh, with him for the last couple of years uh, behind the scenes as well. So, yeah, it's going to be tough for him because uh, we were hoping to have a test last weekend, but they got snowed off, so he hasn't even sat on the car yet. So stage one on oh. Saturday morning will be his first time calling notes. So um, it's literally chucking him in a deep end. Yeah, so we're going to talk to him a little bit later about 7.35 this evening here on Race Control and, and get an indication to how he's feeling. Does that sort of temper your excitement knowing you're going to have to do a lot more on this one-day rally? Yeah, it certainly adds to the challenge, but um, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter if it's John or whoever's sitting beside you, you've got to have complete faith in the co-driver. And um, You know, I've got, I've got faith in Jared. You know, he's done a lot of good things, and um, already I can see he's you know, very intelligent. Uh, he's very switched on, um, and he's willing to learn and, and willing to listen. I listen, so that's the biggest thing with any young driver or co-driver is um, that willingness to, to push himself. So um, I've got, as I say, full confidence he's going to do a good job this weekend, and, and it shouldn't affect our performance levels at all. Do you, do you um, see this also as a little bit of uh, giving back and, you know, giving a young young up-and-coming, you know, co-driver, someone that wants to be involved in the sport? I don't know exactly. We'll ask him later exactly what he wants to do down the track. But, um, you know, do you see this as, as also a little bit of a mentoring situation and support and help kind of thing to, to um, you know, for Jared? Oh, definitely, and not blowing smoke, but, you know, I try and do that with a lot of things that we're doing, and, you know, I'm so humbled and appreciative by the amount of people that helped me, you know, 10, 15 years ago and then helped to get us to where we are, and it's, you know, almost trying to return some of that favour, um, both Jared in the car, um, Ari, um, some other young drivers, but also all of our techs and our engineers and our team, you know, they're all young people um, who, you know, with opportunities can go a long way, so we try and sort of focus on that side with everything we're doing, and I'm sure this will be an opportunity that can help Jared, I know he wants to go a long way in the sport, so um, hopefully this can uh, help uh, help give him a head start on that. What did you make of the news that SVG is going to be running WRC two car in Repco Rally New Zealand? Oh, it's awesome! It's uh, it's awesome for the rally. It's also awesome for Shane as well. I think it's a, a boyhood dream of his doing Rally New Zealand as it is for myself. Um, so yeah, he's going to be uh, an awesome addition to to the rally, and um, you know a lot of people will be out there to see what he does and. Um, obviously finishing with Jack's Ridge, so between him and I, we've got a bit of unfinished business at Jack's Ridge. Uh, but no, I get on really well with Shane, um, and it's awesome for the sport. And uh, you know, look forward to seeing what he can do. So before you hit before you hit Estonia, am I right in saying you've got a, a rally in Latvia? Uh, we've also got a rally in Italy, so we're doing a tarmac rally in Italy next weekend. Uh, and then the weekend after that, we've got our first rally with our own car and team in Latvia, and then two weeks after that, Estonia. And three weeks after that, Finland. So we're going into a very, very busy time right now. And, uh, yeah, it's been three years since I've been on the plane. So even the jet lag factor, um, not sure how I'm going to handle that with the rally as soon as we get off the plane at the other end. How many of the team are over there already preparing? Uh, just John, actually. He's over there sipping the wine already uh, in his summer cottage. So, um, But, no, the rest of our boys go over the week after myself. Uh, but, um, our, our team starts with the Latvia rally in two weeks' time. So... We'll run with an Italian team uh, for this first rally, and then uh, the other six guys will be over there for the following week. Logistically, how big a deal is this for Patton Rally Sport? Oh, it's huge. You know, I'd like to think this is the start of something bigger, long term, um, not just for myself, but the whole team. You know, we want the team to be a, a recognised motorsport team around the world of rallying, and, you know, it's just so much, even though it's a small team, small budget, even just. Putting all this together has been logistically not a nightmare, but a big challenge. Um, you know, normally when we go overseas, everything's all done for us. You know, as John and I, we, we go on over there with the budget, 
everything's organised, we just turn up and do our job. Um, just all the little things, even the basic things of ordering the fuel and the tyres and the contracts and lots of things that you don't have in New Zealand here that you've got to get your head around and, and get some systems in place for. So you're all good to go. All right, mate, you fly out, what, Monday morning? Uh, Monday afternoon in Auckland, so, uh, yeah, can't wait. All right, Bud uh, the best of luck at uh, the South Canterbury Rally this weekend. And uh, go well in Europe, man. Yeah, Great. do, you, do much, yourself bud. proud and do us proud. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. There is uh, Hayden Padden as a monthly chat with us here on a Repco Race Control, courtesy of Mitre 10 Trade. The trade teams are there to help you get what you need when you need it and job done. Murph, um, how about this for a little bit of, uh, well, just, you know, did you know? Following the International Rally of Whangarei, Hayden achieved a new milestone. He overtook five-time New Zealand Rally Champ Richard Mason as the driver with the most ever event wins. Whangarei was Padden's 29th. Co-driver John Kennard, his milestone, the winningest co-driver in NZRSC history, 26 events. Gets better, gets better. Padden's Hyundai i20 AP4 is now the most successful rally car in the 45-year history of New Zealand rally champs with 14 round wins. There you go. Did you know that? Now you do. Well, of course I didn't know that. I'm not like an officiado on statistics. I'd like to... Oh, I've lost you. Are you there? Compile together. Oh, I was. I was just. I was reading an article. I thought oh, I'll just throw that in just to give our wonderful listeners something else to chomp down on. Uh, it was interesting to know. Uh, he feels like he's got to get one back on uh, SVG, who's who we'll be talking to shortly with the, with the WRC announcement. Um, I'm excited about that WRC announcement. Not surprised, but really excited about it. Aren't you? Uh, not surprised um, at all. Uh, you know, you could see it coming a mile off with. Uh, the preparation that was happening in Australia, um, you know, when he did the Canberra rally, uh, uh, how long ago was that? Four weeks ago, yeah. Um, about that. So, um, so no, and you know, it, these, I think that's been uh, on the cards and being set up now for a little while. So, um, it's, he's, you know, he's is rallying what he wants to do in that side of the sport. You know, the other things he wants to do, and because he is so good at all this stuff, mm. you know, the people that are. Um, on board to help make it all happen as well. Um, you know, plenty of people want to be a part of the journey with with Shane doing all these things um, and doing them at such a such a high level. So um, you know, pretty cool, really. We have talked about this before, but in your time as a race car driver, have you ever come across anyone like him who could was so good at switching formulas and having success? No, I don't think so. Um, to the um, you know the same dimensions mm. as in driving just on racetracks mm. but um, you know he's he's driving on racetracks in a variety of cars drifting he tried drifting and he was time attack that's right and time attack yeah no no drifting no no he drifted he did some drifting events and competed in drifting events as well before before you became in love with drifting. He was doing that <laughs> stuff. Um, so, you know, he did that as well. He's And, you know, Speedway, he did Speedway over not the summer just gone, the one before he did some, did some Speedway stuff as well here in New Zealand. You know, and then the rallying thing, he can ride a motorbike, he's raced quads. I mean, it doesn't matter what it is, if it's got a motor in it and a steering wheel or even handlebars. Um, you know, he's just, he's got a he's just got this inept, you know, 
feel and touch and and understanding as well the understanding a real true understanding of how these things work and and um you know uh, an understanding of the engineering and all those things so you know he's he's just immersed in it absolutely immersed in it more than anyone else i i could uh, no, i know or yeah. could try and name yeah, yeah that, that, I think that that's is so so true. He's just he's he's full on. He's just it's give me. And then some, when he's not driving something real, he's on the sim. By the sounds of it, wow. You know, well. Uh, well, we've got we've got Darwin this weekend in uh, the Repco Supercars Championship, which is I'm, I'm glad it's back. I've been I've been missing missing my supercars action. That was a two, one race Saturday, two races on Sunday. A uh, question for you: Where is Darwin? Well, I know where it is in Australia. It is in the Northern Territory. Yeah. Okay. It's not in Northern Queensland like some people think it is. Yeah, yeah, it's I'm... actually in its own territory, not a state, the Northern Territory in Australia. Okay, good. Did what... you know that? I, I do now. I do now. Mm. Humbling, Humbled I am. What can we expect this weekend from supercars? Um, well, you know, uh, lots of made of crash and bash. Yeah, well, you know that does get people watching, doesn't it? You know, yeah. Um, damage, damage race cars, exciting crashes uh, gets people excited. Um, we have had a lot of damage up there over the years. Um, mm-hmm. Very, very close quarters sort of racing formula that it is, and some of the the circuits tend to uh, lend themselves more to some of that kind of action, and, and Darwin has had its absolute fair share. Some, It's a great little racetrack. I really enjoy it. Very long straight. Um, that'll get talked about endlessly over the weekend by Mark Scaife and uh, Neil Crompton. They'll mention that probably a thousand times. <laughs> um, and uh, into a very uh, a tricky braking zone at the end of the front straight. Um, and then a, a series of uh, flowing corners and then into a, 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 a quite a sharp hairpin first gear, potentially second gear, depending on how, how good your car is, uh, and then a, a flowing sort of section to finish. But, you know, with the super soft tyre on this weekend, um, we covered it on Sky Speed uh, earlier in the weekend. Oh, actually, I think we might have talked about it last week, did we, on Race oh, Control I or not? The, we didn't talk the about fact the that they've raised tyre pressure. Raise the tyre pressure, the minimum tyre pressure in the super soft tyre, which is going to change the way the cars behave a bit once they get going into the races. Um, they've raised it to 20 PSI rather than the 17 PSI because they found some stress fractures in the sidewalls, the construction of the tyre after the Winton um, super sprint the other other week down in Victoria. So they've raised the, the pressure there, worrying that the, the teams are you know, doing their best to try and keep the the minimum pressure as low as they can. And and in Darwin, with the heat out there, um, you know, 30-odd degrees every single day, lots of sunshine, the teams will be having those tyres out in the sun and, and trying to raise the, the, the pressure artificially and then reduce the, the amount of air in the tyre when the when the tyres go on the cars down to that 17, which is effectively, if you let them cool down at that point, they'd probably drop down to 12. So they're artificially sort of doing it, and they've banned that for the weekend. The tyres are not allowed to be put out in the sun so that the teams can artificially, artificially raise the pressure and then lower it down. Um, so that's going to change the way a few things happen, and the, and the performance of the tyre, I think, over, over a distance could be... Um, could be changed because of of this uh, new recommendation. Oh, and sorry, this new regulation mm. that's been put in place. I'll be interested to see who adjusts the better. I'm. I'm. I don't know. About well, you. I think I know. Oh, okay. You were going to say Red Bull, right? 
Well, I was going to say Shane. Yeah, yeah, you know. Okay, well, why don't we uh, talk to Shane shortly? It's 7.16. This is Repco Race Control with Murph and McIver. Stick around. SVG is next. If you're into cars, get into Repco. Everything you need for your car this summer. You're listening to Race Control with Greg Murphy and Stephen McIver. I'm a charger that charges through the night like an orange bolt of lightning passing everything in sight. I'm the best pal the Duke boy has ever had. I'm thunder on the highway. Wow, 721. This is Repco Race Control and Murph's going. You love a bit of country, hey? I saw your head go straight away. How good is that, hey? Says the Legendary. I'm, I'm a charger. Well, one of our special chargers is a Kiwi who knows how to charge. That's uh, SVG. Shane Van Gisbergen, jo- uh, Gisbergen joins us uh, right now. Hey, hey, buddy, how are you, man? Good, good. I see most not getting any younger with that type of music. <laughs> Shots Mate, fired nothing. early. Mate, you've got to you've got to you've got to grow up sometime, brother. Listen to a bit of Johnny Cash. Johnny Cash, man, come on. Ask the dude. Ask the dude about Johnny Cash. <laughs> hey, mate. Uh, look, we we got to ask you this question. You can take as long as you want. How good was Lamont? Yeah, yeah. Oh, it was a it was a pretty awesome experience. Uh, to be honest, like we didn't really have a competitive car. Um, being a, being a private team in the pro class, you're up against the factories. But, yeah, the event itself was awesome. It was real bucket list type stuff. And, um, yeah, I just enjoyed being part of it. And, and I'd love to go back. And, and when I go back, I've got to make sure I'm in something a bit more competitive or more of a chance. But, yeah, it was still still really cool to take part. Um, I, was, I was reading a bit of an article and a couple of quotes from you and bits and pieces from just the, the size of the event. Did, and the amount of people, that kind of stuff, did they actually catch you out a little bit? Did just the the intensity of the crowd and the um, and just the whole vibe of it. Yeah, like um, yeah, COVID's not a thing there. It was back to back <laughs> to normal, and you know you arrive there the Wednesday, the week before. Like it's crazy how long you know it's a week and a half the event, and um, you know when you're going through scrutinizing on Friday the week before, like the town was packed and. Then we get on track for the test day, the Sunday, and, you know, there's something every day leading up to the race. And then, you know, it, it dragged on quite a bit. But, you know, once the pre-race yeah. stuff started and the crowd, you know, the grid was full of all the people and the, and the jets and stuff like that, like, it was it was pretty cool. It was, it was definitely pretty awesome. And I just, yeah, I tried to, tried to just enjoy it and take it all in. And, yeah, it was pretty cool. You say you've ticked a bucket list, but what about the actual race itself? I, I read somewhere you were starting third in the car. So what, sort of, what were the stints like yeah. for you? And Murph said last week it took him a while to find his rhythm on the track. What about you? Yeah, yeah I, I got up to speed with the track okay, but in the race it was a bit of a shock like because um, you you double stint um, driver and tyres, so which means you do one stint of about 50 minutes, you put fuel in, and go again on the same set of tyres. So um, people were talking about how much of a struggle the second stint was. So in the first stint, I just went way too easy on the tyre, and I finished my second stint with a lot of grip left, Um, and so I probably could have gone a bit quicker. And and then in the first stint, I was, you know, the the people were just in a hurry. Like the LMP2s and the prototypes of faster class, they they don't care about you. They're just... 
you know, they don't care that I was trying to settle in. They were full aggressive and doing crazy moves. So it took me a bit to get used to that and, and also where to let them let them go and not lose time by letting those guys pass. So my second, third and fourth stints, I was, I was much better. But certainly it took me a little bit just to settle in and, and get some consistency. Did you um, Did you really enjoy the night, doing the night stints? Yeah. Yeah, the night was good because um, the car just came alive. Like, we couldn't run our right. big engine maps during the day because we get a lot of um, engine knock or detonation. So we could turn the car up at night. And then, of course, the turbo makes a lot more power in the cooler air. So, yeah, our car came alive and it was awesome. And then at night, everyone drives a bit calmer as well and there's a bit more patience. So it's um, it was pretty good. And then the, the engineers try and get a bit of sleep as well. I had the... I had the worst stint, which was sort of 2 a.m. to 3 a.m., and uh, they didn't talk much, so it was pretty good. I could just drive. <laughs> yeah, yeah everyone, everyone, everyone does go quiet in the middle of it. I remember, yeah. I remember that. Just, you just, you're, you, and yeah. that gives you that time to actually really just focus and, and concentrate and yeah. just do your thing. And it, was, it was quite surreal. Hey, um, do you – do you reckon um, going there in a GT car the first time was was a good thing, or would have you found your your rhythm quick if you'd been in say an LMP2 car? Do you think there's any any difference or or you know bonus for doing it the way yep. you have or not? Um, yeah, I don't really mind. It was just cool to be there, um, and yeah. I got lucky enough to race the LMP2 car um, in 2020 in the Asian Le Mans series, and it's definitely yeah. more fun looking out the front window than the back window. Like, um, yeah. a GT car is still pretty quick, like through the Porsche curves, you know, I was hanging on, like it's got a lot of downforce, but those guys in the P2s and hypercars, they come up on you like so fast and they just pass you around the outside and you don't really have time to look in the mirror there cause you're doing your own thing and they sort of scare you a bit. And then of course they cut back in front of you. They don't really, you know, they just do their own thing, yeah. but when they cut back in front, you lose all your downforce, and then you have a moment yourself. So it took a it took a while to understand that and read what was going to happen. How frustrated were, were the GTMs and GTE Pro drivers like yourself with this whole balance of performance that sort of really well hindered yeah. hindered you guys? Oh, it's just part of it, you know. I think um, the Ferraris had it the worst, but that's part of racing. I think sometimes you get lucky, sometimes you don't. With that, so. It was just a shame, you know, or or it was weird to me that, you know, you spend all the testing, all the practice sandbagging, basically, um, and everyone does the same. And then when you get in the race, you find out what you have. So my laps in the race were like four seconds quicker than I had done <laughs> in practice just because you get all the yeah. power and you get good tyres and light fuel and stuff like that. So, yeah, it was, um, it was pretty interesting to see how, how far people take it. You know, did, did... Hey, it's been a... Oh, sorry. No, go, mate. Go. Well, I was gonna. I was now just gonna uh, move on, actually. And um, mate, you've you've had a, a an incredibly busy time. You finished Winton, got on a plane, and and uh, shot off overseas, went to Monaco, and uh, then Le Mans, yep. and you come back here, Darwin, this weekend. But you've come out with an announcement about uh, competing in the Skoda at uh, Ripco Rally New Zealand um, in September, end of September, mate. Uh, that, that's I'm. I'm sure you've been working up for a little while, but to have that announcement out there and and be competing in in that event, uh, mate, what an amazing feather in your cap. 
Yeah, that's um, it's something I've been wanting to do for a while. Like I always, since the announcement of Rally New Zealand, I've, you know, I did um, the Canberra Rally, the first round of the Australian Championship, mm. and um, I, I went okay, but I just loved it, you know, and I thought I got to do more of this, and I got to do Rally New Zealand. So I've been, yeah, trying to put a cool program together, and it means I'll probably end up doing a couple of other rallies in New Zealand, which I should be able to confirm soon, and then Rally New Zealand as well, like. Um, and, and, you know, trying to uh, raise some money and, you know, attract some sponsors and partners. Like, it's amazing how enthused everyone is about it. Like, there's so much hype around the rally there. So the event, I think, is going to be huge. I can't wait to, to just be part of it. I think it's going to be really cool. And especially hearing, you know, where they're going to have the service park and stuff like that. It should be an awesome event. Yeah, I mean, you've done a bucket list, which is Le Mans. Do you, and with your dad's history and rally as well, is this quite a, another bucket list tick which has a little bit of sentiment that, driving it as well yeah i don't know if it's bucket list this is more dreaming stuff like <laughs> you always want to be a rally driver i guess but um you know and even now trying to do this rally stuff together and put a program together for it there's a lot of stuff i don't know or understand and dad's been helping me and man seeing how enthused he is about it you know that's you know rallies in my blood because of him and um how much he's been helping and trying to put everything together and what tires I need and the amount of people. Like it's, um, it's pretty cool to see him involved in my racing and have him involved again. So yeah, the enthusiasm is pretty cool. Yeah. Bloody oath. Um, tell us a little bit about that, uh, that Skoda R5, um, yep. and, uh, how cool it is to drive. Um, what, it, what, what difference between that and, um, the AP4, Mitzi, that you drove a uh, year, well, year and a bit ago at yep. uh, Jack's Ridge. You know, what's the comparison AP, between AP4 and R5? Yeah, I think, well, mainly the R5s, they're all factory cars. So they're, you know, they're all prop, properly built. Not to say the Kiwi ones aren't, but, you know, they're quite, you know, production ones, high volume and, you know, well-developed. Um, probably the suspension's a little better in some areas, but I think the AP4s have a bit more power, but to be honest, you know, that AP4 I drove, that thing was awesome. Like, that handled really well, and it probably had a bit more grunt than the R5s. So I think I think they the R5s are a bit better in the tighter stuff, um, and the AP4s are better in the fast and flowing stuff, you know. But um, yeah. for me, I, I'm probably nowhere on the limit. Like, it's, um, it's pretty hard, the rally stuff, as you know. Like, I got pretty good at the... At the rally sprint, you know, obviously I could drive the car all right, but as soon as I'm listing the pace notes and, you know, oh, driving stuff, don't, semi-blind, come on, tough. Come on, don't <laughs> you talk yourself down. What a lot of rubbish. Boy, mate, the, yeah. the, the, the times you were doing in Canberra were phenomenal. They were brilliant. You, you've adapted uh, to pace note beautifully. <laughs> no, I've still, I've still got a lot to learn. Like I, I, I know wrote you the notes do. myself learning and then you come up to a corner and you get read a seven or an eight left or right and that high speed stuff it's hard to trust knowing what you can't see around the corner but you've written the note yourself <laughs> that, that <laughs> the big ball high speed stuff will take a bit to come i think oh look it's yeah. all it's all incredibly exciting but you gotta you're, you're yeah. focused now you're you're up on the heat of darwin uh looking yeah. forward to jumping back in the uh the 97 and giving it a good shake again Oh yeah, the my car here is is awesome at the moment, and the team seems really cool. Like doing all the 
Um, I've had to catch up on all the preparation to the, the last couple of days and mainly today. And, um, yeah, it's just, just been awesome to see how well Andrew Edwards has settled in in the team. He's been a huge asset this mm. year. So it's been, it's been really cool. And um, we normally go pretty reasonable here, but we've got some different things on the car for this weekend as well. So it'll be, be interesting to see how different it is and if we, if we gain a little bit of speed. Hey, I, I, you, you just mentioned Andrew Edwards and that, that change in engineer and that relationship thing. And, you know, yep. you, when these things happen, he's he's got a, um, a huge pedigree. He's been around the game for a long time. But you, you just don't know yep. if it's all going to work the way it has. Man, it, it, is, it has been pretty seamless between the two of you and how that's worked. I mean, are you a little, are you a little surprised by how, how good that's been so far? Yeah, yes and no. Like, um, obviously, I had an engineer change last year as well with Couchy coming, but it was a bit easier because he was already part of Triple Eight. But yeah, when Andrew joined, he's um, he's a very different character um, in racing, mainly because of the team environment is so different. You know, yeah. Brad Jones is a good family team, whereas ours is like more of a business, and the way it runs, there's less. Um, more um, or less pra- less practicality, I guess, and more theory in everything. So it takes him, took him a bit to get used to, and you know he's got huge expectations on himself and puts a lot of pressure on himself. And I remember our first race at Eastern Creek. You know he was angry after the race. You know we won the race. Um, he was angry and thought he could have done a whole lot better. And I'm like, mate, I've never <laughs> won a race by 20 seconds before. <laughs> so, you know he was. Having that is is really good, you know. Having that someone who puts pressure on themselves and always wants to be better, so that was pretty cool. Yeah. But I think he's sort of settling in, and you know, he's learned quickly how we work and um, putting putting a lot into practice and being calm with stuff. He's been been really good, and on the radio, he's good. I need someone who's you know really crisp and clear on the radio and also motivating. And he's been he's awesome with with his communication. Um, there's always a story at every uh, supercar race these days. Um, one that uh, came up yep. um, last week was a change in the minimum tyre pressure. Just tell your thoughts on what you how yep. you think that's going to have an effect, mate. <laughs> oh yeah, like the tyre tyre talks boring, really. But <laughs> it is yes, really. It is like really that it's artificially trying to make the tyres go off. You know, the new super yep. soft that they've made is actually an excellent tyre. But because it's so grippy, it doesn't slide as much. So you don't wear it out, you know. So the the cars are going faster than before and they're not sliding as much. So they, I think they blame some tyre damage, which uh, I don't know if that's the real story, (laughs) but really really they've said put an extra three pound in so they slide more. So in, in my opinion, that's the wrong thing to do because at Darwin, you'll be following someone, you're already overheating, you'll just overheat and slide more. I don't think it'll, I don't think that it'll rate, make the racing better here. But um, mm. that, uh, I'm hopefully wrong, but um, we'll, we'll see. But I, I think it'll just reward the guy who's in front more. So. Oh, well, that's well, 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 that's, well, as well, we've seen in 2022, it's you, Shane. So don't, don't worry about Mostly, it. Mostly, but I, I, I want to see good racing. Yeah, no, fair play. Yeah, All right, mate. We've yeah, taken enough of your time already. It's uh, nice to know that you're back in our part of the world, but we were genuinely excited about uh, uh, you at Le Mans and even more excited now that you're going to race uh, in Repco Rally New Zealand. Uh, go well this weekend, bud. Have a good one. Thanks a lot, guys. Cheers. There you go, SVG. Cheers, I actually think we should, you know what SVG stands for? 
and don't say Shane Van Gisbergen, seriously very good. Do you like that one? Oh, that's very good. Thanks. I thought about it today. Yeah. This is Repco Race Control. Yeah. 7.36. That was Shane Van Gisbergen. Uh, coming next, we're going to talk to Hayden Pan's young co-driver for the South Canterbury Rally this weekend. Stand by for Jared Hudson, not too far away on Repco Race Control. If you're into cars, get into Repco. Everything you need for your car this summer. You're listening to Race Control with Greg Murphy and Stephen McIver. <laughs> This is SENZ on a Thursday night around New Zealand and also on the SEN app in Australia. G'day. Uh, this is Repco Race Control with Murph and McIver. The South Canterbury Rally is this weekend. Uh, one day event in Timaru and New Zealand Rally Championship leader Hayden Patton has a new co-driver. He's 18 and hasn't been in the car yet. Hasn't read notes with Hayden yet. Gee whiz, nice, nice introduction. Jared Hudson, uh, good evening to you, buddy. Thank you. Are you there, mate? Yes, hello. Okay, are you, are you sitting still? You're not moving about wherever you are. Where are you? I'm assuming you're in Timaru, right? Oh, we're at, yeah, we're out at a workshop in Timaru. Okay, if you don't move, that really sounds good right then. How did you get, get into uh, navigating? Uh, I very much... So we're, we're very much a rallying... Only myself, my sister, and both my parents uh, navigate, so... Growing up, dad would go off and go do rallying. That was just just something I had to do, like, every day. Okay, so it's a, maybe we just take a wee break. We can get him in any. Can we send him an anywhere link, or is that going to take too long? Okay, we'll just we'll just uh, we'll take a wee break there. We'll just, we'll, Murph and I'll just talk to ourselves for a moment because I want to, I want to uh, understand a little bit more about this kid. Um, Eighteen man, and I was listening to Hayden saying he hasn't been in the hasn't been in the seat yet and even read notes. I mean, how, from a, a, you've you've you've, you've, dri- he, you've jumped- I know him. I know. I've seen him over the years. I mean, yeah. he he was. So he's eighteen now. So what he's, I think he's been doing it for like at least five years. Yeah, but I mean, Did you say that. Yeah, because uh, yeah, he said that he had to do it every other weekend because the family were in it. But what intrigues me is someone like Hayden, right? As good as he is, you have an and you've driven. You you've you've had a navigator beside you. Trust must be enormous. Now you get someone who's never done it before, right? And you've never worked with them. Well, where, where does the trust factor right, so go much to? It's not so much of a, um, a situation for someone like Hayden because Hayden writes his own notes. So it's it's actually the di- most difficult point I would expect, and maybe we should have asked um, Hayden this question, maybe we'll be able to ask Jared if we get him back on the line, is, is actually uh, the navigator being able to deliver the information to Hayden as he needs to have it. So obviously with John and Hayden, there's an understanding um, and the feel and the vibe and the understanding of the notes that John has. He knows when to feed Hayden the information, the correct information at the right time. So when you're going through so many, you know, tricky, crazy corners at the rate of speed at which Hayden drives a rally car, he needs that information at the precise moment to be able to drive that car at, on the limit. Now, for me, um, uh, when I was doing it, you know, I I knew and, and when I wanted to have that information and, and not too much information. You listen to the in-car 
and you listen to how much stuff that is being fed to Hayden right at such a fast rate and how far in advance. So he's getting two, three, four corners potentially in advance of information. If I got more than almost one, I mean, I could hardly manage um, processing two corners of information unless it was really simple, mm. simple, basic stuff. But if you look, look at the complexity or listen to the complexity of the information that's fed to someone like Hayden Patton, that's he needs all that and he gets it all and understands it all. And that's probably a little bit what, with what Shane was talking about earlier too, is how much of that information and, and, and more of it that, that helps you drive the car faster. So I would imagine it's it's how that that information is given to the driver because that all the all the um, the symbols and all the information and the and the quirky little um, sort of words and things target words and stuff that they have as a language a special language between the co-driver and the driver that Hayden has all that has to be the same and Hayden writes all that himself with John so this time round he'll be writing that for. Jared to actually give to him. Yeah, so it's very complicated. Well, I'm really complicated. Yeah. So, so explain to me when uh, you know Shane was talking about sevens and sixes, and you know, we, yep. Yep. Is, what is a seven? What's a six? Well, um, if I base it off what I used to do, which is really all I know, and and, and Hayden will be different. Um, so a, a, a seven. So you say okay. So seven left is is not quite straight so it's a it's a it's a bit of a turn so a little bit a little bit of a turn um and and it might be flat eight eight effectively is is such a slight turn and it was what it was for me mm-hmm. anyway so a really slight turn that you should be just flat out depending on of course how fast you might be going when you're approaching that 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 corner and then as they come down like a two a two is very tight quite slow might be first or second gear i suppose that was in my reference mm-hmm. and then you know as as the number gets bigger and i think some people do it the other way around as well so again it comes down to just personal preference as the number gets bigger basically the corners become less relevant, I suppose, or they become faster. So what's a hairpin? Was that a one or a two? It could be a one or a two. Okay. Yeah. So but you'd so so what would you go one left or one right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And 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 then there might be other information, but but so I mean it, it's the combination of stuff. So you you're coming down to a corner and it's a, a two opens fifty uh, titans to um, titan or three, yeah, yeah go on. let's do something different. Um, so it's a it's a four left opens fifty titans then to a three and then and then to a two um, and then a hundred. So there'll be a hundred meters. So it's a right. you know you, you come through a, a four which is you know re, not tight but not but not fast and then and then it opens right and there's 50 which is 50 meters yeah and then it and then tightens to a three oh, uh, or goes from a three tightens to a two and then opens or whatever and blah 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 don't cut you know um rock on inside um ditch or whatever or, or so much information <laughs> was that the, was that the biggest challenge for you when you totally and totally. and how scary was it well, at the beginning, very because because I was I was so concentrating on driving the car that you don't hear anything that's coming into your headset. So, and then all of a sudden you hear something, and then you go, "What? Oh, what was that? What'd you say?" And then and then your rhythm's gone, you know, kind of thing. So, once you start to actually hear the notes coming in, and you start to drive to them, 
oh my god it becomes this amazing subliminal seamless kind of kind of thing so then when i watch wrc or watch <laughs> yeah. you know, in car with hayden or something and you're listening to what they they're being and 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 how fast they're driving that's what that's what puts me in awe of those guys because the amount of computational stuff that's going on in their brain yeah the, you know at the same time with them being on the limit and putting those cars you know within centimeters or inches of of disaster um at, at such speeds you, you, there's so much going on it's not a racetrack where the racetrack is the same every single lap and you're trying to trying to improve and, and perfect it this is this is driving a road that could be completely different to what it was when you were over it during Ricky because there's been five cars drive over it yeah, kind of thing. These guys, yeah. and you so guys have big... First co- time, every time. Yeah, and you guys got big cojones just to do that. All right, we're having some trouble uh, trying to hook up a decent line uh, with Jared. We will try and get him onto a landline, I think, in the next hour. Uh, should we, Jacob? Jacob is standing for our... Sanjay, by the way, our normal producer, got the vid. Sacked him? We sacked him? No, he got COVID. Finally got COVID. Oh. He, he isolated oh. a couple of weeks back because his flatmate got it, missed it, and then you know, I, got a, I got a snuffly call yesterday, got the vid. Oh, well. But Jacob is, is nailing it. So we'll try and get him onto a landline. If we could, you could find him, get a landline and a number, Jacob, and we'll, uh, we'll talk to him. Uh, but I can con- exist anymore? I, I think they do. But I can confirm, finally, that Mitch Evans will be talking to us at 8.30. Stick around. This is Repco Race Control at 7.49. The Run Home on SENZ. Tom Robinson joins us on the line. Leon's reminded us that he's been in about nine finals, so <laughs> he's, um, <laughs> yeah. But, um, no, like, it's just a lot of energy start this week, but a lot of that was more just about us enjoying since our last week together and, and the squad, you know, it's, it's, it's been pretty normal. Um, I mean, to be fair, like... These last two weeks, we just have looked at the finals themselves. Catch Kirsten Beeve every weekday from 4pm on SCNZ. Kubota's low rates are on now for all new excavators and track loaders. You can drive away with a low finance rate for a limited time only. Offering conventional or zero tail swing excavators and compact high performance track loaders, there's a Kubota ready to take on any task. Get in quick to beat the price rise and speak to your nearest Kubota dealer today. Terms and conditions apply. Pathosans is a division of spraying systems and its range of eco-friendly HOCL cleaning products provide protection against harmful viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19. HOCL products contain no corrosive chemicals, leaving no nasty toxic residues behind. Pathosans systems are perfect for a range of industries, including manufacturing, food production, hospitality and healthcare. Pathosans are 99.9% effective, 0% hazardous and 100% worth it. Visit Pathosans.co.nz today. Izzy Dag here. Good mornings start with temper. If you experience ongoing back concerns, temper mattresses assist in alleviating your pain. Made in Denmark, the temper geniuses over there have included on their adjustable bed system an easy to use wireless remote and massage function all at the touch of a button. Once you own a temper mattress and base, you're on to an absolute winner. Experience temper for yourself at your nearest bedpost store. And like we say, sleep on it. It was back around the time Ethereal was winning the Melbourne and Caulfield Cups that Garrard's Horse and Hound served their first customer. Now, after 20 plus years supplying specialty products to the equine and canine industries in New Zealand and Australia, Garrard's is a household name. 
Garrard's Horse and Hound guarantees expert advice, stocks the largest range, and promises great monthly specials. Equine, canine, feline. Garrard's in Christchurch, Pukekohe, Cambridge, or horseandhound.com.au. The e-bike whispers across the battered boards of the walkway, ridden by George, 74. He pedals faster past seagulls and rolling waves. The breeze ruffles his salt and pepper whiskers and the sunlight paints another coat on his lifelong tan. Back at the village, his neighbour goes to borrow an egg, finding nothing but a hastily scrawled note. Gone biking. Think 70 is the new 50 at Somerset Retirement Villages. Visit somerset.co.nz. Every day, thousands of plumbers turn to Reese to get the job done right. From their extensive range of quality plumbing and bathroom supplies in 27 convenient locations nationwide, to their easy-to-use Max app that helps plumbers order online, generate quotes and track deliveries, Reese has got your back. And Reese is proud to support the plumbers of New Zealand by making sure they've got what they need when they need it. Find your local Reese Plumbing Centre at reese.co.nz. Reese works for you. I remember watching Izzy carve it up on the field thinking, wow, maybe this kid can save the Warriors. Dang. Beautiful run, Israel Dang. Still going. Israel Dang. Oh, hell, I was wrong. Instead, he just went on to have one of the most exciting test careers I can remember. Playing 66 times for the All Blacks. That's right. And doing it with Mana each and every time. He's got Dan. Izzy and Kempe for breakfast on SENZ. If you're into cars, get into Repco. Everything you need for your car this summer. You're listening to Race Control with Greg Murphy and Stephen McIver. On a Thursday, this is Repco Race Control. Time for something new. It's called the Midas Service Moment of the Week. Trust the team at Midas for your next car service. And Murph, I think we've got a good one this week, haven't we? Uh, I'm pretty sure we'll be able to find one every week, to be honest, considering what's going on in the world of uh, Kiwis overseas and motorsports. So why don't we make it Louis Sharp? Oh, yes. Oh, yes, indeed. What, uh, third round, Alton Park of the weekend, and what did he do? Well, he uh, qualified fourth um, in race one, uh, drove himself into second place, his best finish of the year. Race two, which is a partially reversed grid race, um, he led his uh, Carl and teammates um, through to another second uh, place. Um, just incredible. And let's just remember that um, he has a McLaren Jr. driver and a Williams Formula One backed driver as his teammates. Hmm. And um, he flogged them both over the weekend because <laughs> then he went off and off the front row of the grid for the last race, went and um, just took control, drove like a Drove like Shane Van Gisbergen oh, and uh, won the race. So he was um, a, the clear uh, favourite of the weekend, two seconds and a first, and he uh, puts himself into fifth position in the championship after missing one round complete. Yeah, no, I uh, Louis Sharp gets our motor service moment of the week. Uh, don't let an overdue service cost you more in the long run. See the team at Midas. And when you look at those that have backed David Dicker at Roden Cars, uh, He's backed a good horse this time around as in this early stage of his F4 regional career. Uh, he has. I mean, um, you know, Louis has uh, been in a machine with a motor and wheels and a steering wheel since he was about four years old and 
looks like a pretty good bet to me. Yeah. Uh, great to have the support from Roden Cars, David Dicker on board. He is uh, he has certainly backed a good one, and, and I can't wait to see the future of this this uh, young man because um, he's taking it all in his stride. He's he's driving like someone who has been doing it a lot longer. He doesn't seem to be affected by pressure in any way, shape or form. Uh, anyway, any shape or form. And um, he's maturing at a great rate or not. So I have no doubt there's going to be a number of high-profile mm. teams over there looking very, very closely at this young man. Which will just keep us all excited here on Repco Race Control. Coming your way next, we talk to Australian drifter Luke Fink. We will get Jared Hudson around 8.20, and we'll talk Formula E and just life in general with Mitch Evans around 8.30. This is Repco Race Control. Do not go anywhere. to lay down some rubber and talk all things motorsport. This is Race Control with Greg Murphy and Stephen McIver. Just gone 8 o'clock on a Thursday evening around New Zealand and Australia on SENZ. This is Repco Race Control. And probably not the sort of music you would expect to introduce a drifter. But you never know because he's Australian and his name's Luke Fink and he's just landed in New Zealand for round four of the Valvoline D1NZ Drift Series at Manfield this weekend. Brought to you by Repco and Luke joins us right now. Not re- Is that your sort of music? Bit of dire straits, Luke? That is absolutely. When that came on, I was like, "It's a jam." I'm, I'm, I was down for that. I thought it was going to keep playing. I was a bit sad when you turned it off. <laughs> okay, so strike one. We're in good mood. Uh, welcome to New Zealand. How excited are you to get it? Uh, get your drift on this weekend in Manfield. I'm honestly, I'm very excited. It's been a while since I've had a chance to have a, a big, um, you know, have a go on a big course. Uh, in a right-hand drive car anyway, but um, no, it's very much looking forward to it. It's a beautiful-looking track, and uh, yeah, love it. Hey, mate, um, give us a bit of a rundown on, on uh, your history uh, there, mate, and what you've been doing and, and how you got yourself into being a, a drifter. And turn your radio down. Turn your radio down. Oh, yep, sorry. <laughs> so I come from a BMX background originally. I was actually world champion freestyle BMXer, and then I met some drift guys through that, uh, immediately fell in love with the sport because essentially the way I saw it was it's freestyle, um, it's freestyle cars. So that was what really attracted me to it. And, uh, yeah, everything just sort of snowballed. Ended up driving for a team in Australia. We won some championships there. And uh, just through networking, met some friends uh, from Europe. Uh, went over to Europe in 2010 and won the European Series on debut. And then other than that, it's just been, uh, yeah, lots of other things. I've done Jim Carner as well. I did Jim Carner with Ken Block. And uh, my very first time doing Jim Carner was the UK finals and won that and then went to Spain for the European finals and then also won that with real drive times that were faster than uh, Ken Block's all drive times. So, yeah, and a bunch of stuff all around the world. More recently, uh, having fun in the US on a thing called Drift Week. I I think you've just actually been showing off just then. 
It sounds like you just, you know, it's too easy, mate. It's you, you haven't even been challenged by the sounds of it. Well, I think free, that's the thing with freestyle, isn't it? Freestyle's just showing off, right? That's what I like showing off on a BMX. Yeah. Just, you know, drifting is just freestyle cars, so it's just the art of showing off. It's all the good bits. Unbelievably. Now, you're with, uh, you're, what are you driving this weekend from JDM Motorsports? Yeah, so JDM Motorsports are supplying me with a, an S13 180SX, and then it has the later model um, S15 front on it, so looks a bit newer, but it's powered by a good old Chevy. So it's an LS. Yeah, yeah boy. LS1 or 2 with a turbo, so it's making, you know, near on a 1,000 wheel. And, uh, yeah, it's all set up with all the good bits, except we'll be probably one of the only people in the entire competition with a factory-style gearbox. Okay, which which means to those uninitiated, having a factory gearbox means? Means if I stuff up, I've got, if I stuff up, I've got an excuse. <laughs> now that's that's right. What do you what do you know about the Manfield uh, tr- uh, circuit? Uh, I know it's a reasonably fast course. I have done my due diligence. I've been watching some videos and stuff. Um, the team owner is also competing for uh, JDM Racing and. Last time he was there, he crashed into everyone there. So we're going to try and not do that or do that. Maybe I'm not sure what team orders are yet. When it, com- when it comes to drifting, and you talk about the love of freestyle, but it's a completely different start- style of freestyle. What, was- what got the bug? What gave you the bug? For drifting, uh I don't know. It's a weird thing with BMX and drifting. You, if you actually look into drifting more, a hell of a lot of people that got into the sport of drifting came from a BMX. Like the ones that are... It sounds weird, but ironically, a lot of the guys that do better in the sport come from a BMX or even motocross background. So for some reason, that just works. But it's the progression that's involved in it. The, I guess... Because it's freestyle, you really can have your own style about you. You know, not just in the well, big big time from the car front. You know, you can style it how you want. Drifting be a very open category. You can sort of have a vehicle that suits you and your style. And then, you know, you, you do a lot of... You can drive to sort of suit your style as well. So do you think that this car this, this weekend is going to suit your style or you have no idea right now? Um, I have driven this car before, but it was um, in need of some, um, what would I say, some maintenance when I drove it last. And we were, unfortunately, when we got there, we were outside of the rules and had to cut up some things which made the car very difficult to drive. But uh, I'm under the information this thing is absolutely ready to go. Oh, actually, I did drive it another time in Australia, and it went amazing that time. But, yeah, the time I drove it in NZ, it was a bit sketchy. But that was more due to um, not being aware of a a rule in the rule book, which meant we had to completely cut the steering up and bring it back to more of a factory style, which, yeah, I think we ended up with, like, about 15 degrees of camber on the front of the car, which is disgusting to try and drive like that. Yeah, we're probably looking at five maps normally. So, um, yeah, it was very difficult to drive that time around. But this time around, if it's anything like it was in Australia, but an extra 200-odd horsepower and what I had that time, it's going to be an absolute weapon. No, it does sound like fun. Hey, um, you mentioned before Ken Block and 
uh, working with or driving alongside and um, with him. Um, what? Who else has been sort of uh, when you when you got into drifting and understood it and had your first go? Who were the the people you sort of looked at and and uh, wanted to to replicate in some way, shape, or form? Uh, when I got into it, I was more so looking up to the Japanese drivers. So there's a lot of drivers from, um, yep. you know, Japan back in the day. And I think one of the more appealing things about drifting when I got into it is, especially in the Japanese series anyway, they played a lot on the characters. So it was quite good. You know, they wouldn't necessarily be the best driver, but they'd have a great charisma and, and a good... Um, uh, you know, a good personality and stuff like that. You'd see that come through, and not only their driving, then out of the car. It was quite a good, um, a good show, and that's probably where a bit more of my love came um, for the sport. Actually, you're coming up against some good drivers this weekend because uh, the word on the street is Darren Kelly has jetted back in from uh, New Jersey uh, from Formula Drift. He's going to th- bring his uh, GTR down. You've got Fanger Dan and his RTR Mustang, and there's a, a kid called Geordie Cole who's bringing a, a rather large uh, Lexus V8 part S14 there as well to uh, uh, try and shake things up. So you'll be in good company this weekend, pal. It will. I was actually over in the States. Um, myself, I only just got back from a trip to the space, so I, I did see my competition there <laughs> in uh, Darren. So I'm not too stressed out, to be honest. <laughs> Mate, you are you you are just throwing it out there. I mean, I, that's I, great. I, I am so looking forward to catching up with you at Manfield and uh, uh, seeing you in person and seeing just uh, I love the confidence, pal. It's exciting. Uh, all right, I'm going to leave you alone. Thanks so much for joining us here on Repco Race Control. We will see you uh, in Manfield on the weekend. Absolutely, I can't wait. Thank you. There you go, Luke Fink, Australian champion, 2003 Freestyle World BMX champion. Um, man, is that is he confident or what? Don't well, he's just relaxed as. He's I, just so relaxed. Uh, but so it, relaxed. But Disney said, so Aussie. I was waiting for you to say you sound like Shane Van Gisburg and everything you touch turns to gold. You can put your hand in anything. He just keeps on going. Well, that's uh, Valvoline D1NZ on Sunday, 2 p.m. Sky Sport 3, brought to you by our good friends and our show sponsor, Repco. I bet you, you're going to be you're going to be on it, aren't you? If you're going to be looking and just going, I want this. I want to see this guy Fink in the pink car, and it's a bright pink car too. Fink and pink. What what day? Sunday, two p.m. Oh no, I'll be. Um, I probably will be at home. Um, could well be on the couch by that stage. Well, I, I, so, I yeah. three three hours of drifting. I think you could handle that, couldn't you? I uh, don't know if I can handle three hours of it, to be honest. Um, really? Not even your no, old. No, it's a little bit too much. A oh, too much. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, maybe in, in one in one sitting. In one okay. Sitting, I, okay. Here's a better idea. How can it say? 3.30 and take an hour and a okay. half out of that, okay, because it'll be a lot of fun. Although I'm told it's going to be really cold, not looking forward to that part of it, and looking forward to going to Palmerston North, though. All right, it's 10 minutes past 8. This is Repco Race Control. We'll get Jared Hudson uh, very soon for you. If you're into cars, get into Repco. Everything you need for your car this summer. You're listening to Race Control with Greg Murphy and Stephen McIver. It 
is 8.15 here on SENZ on a Thursday evening around Australia and New Zealand on the SEN or SENZ app. And this is Repco Race Control with Murph and McIver. Nothing like a good bit of Doobie Brothers. <coughs> oh, and that's what I get, Sorry. a cough. Sorry. Sorry, I'm on air. Yeah. Hey, you're on air, Murph. Yes, you're on air. It's radio. Yeah. Uh, time now to talk finally to Jared Hudson. I think we've got a better line who's going to navigate for Hayden Patton this weekend in the Rally of South Canterbury, a one-day event out of Timaru. G'day, Jared. G'day. Hey, mate. Sorry for all the muck around. Oh, that, that that's okay. Is there somewhat of a delay? Are we talking to you via the intranet, are we? Yes, we are. Yeah, we're out at the workshop here in Timaru, so the the cell phone reception is a little bit dodgy, but we'll see how we go. Don't don't you don't you love the internet, mate? So let's just start again. So people who may have missed, when did you? And now we know you're eighteen. When did you start becoming a navigator and getting right into it? Um, well, I mean, I've been right into it pretty much since I was born, really. We're very much a, a rallying family. So myself, my sister, and my two parents, we all co-drive in rally cars. So I actually went to my first event when I was four days old because mum really wanted to go to this particular event. So instead of staying in the hospital, she dragged me along with her. So very much wanted to do it from a young age. Um, are, they, uh, are they pretty happy that you've gone down the navigating path and, and not wanted to um, go down the the driving path or did you want to go down the driving path and you've been um, told that you can't? I mean, are you, are you happy sitting in the passenger seat? Oh, I think I'm very much happy sitting in the passenger seat, Murph, because I think if I was behind the wheel, we probably wouldn't be going very, very fast. So um, I'm quite happy where I am for the moment. But um, I mean, I just I started navigating because you can do it when you're 12. So when you're 12, you haven't really started driving cars on the road yet. I haven't got my road license. So Driving wasn't really something that I sort of thought about, so I just started with the co-driving, and it's fortunately gone quite well. So, so this is what I want to know. How often do you look up from your notes when you are a navigator? Oh, it does sort of depend on, on the road where we're driving. So if, if there's sort of quite a few corners coming up, you, you've got a bit more information to tell your driver, so you might not look up quite as often. But if we've got got a long straight where there's, we've sort of got one pace note to give them, you've got a lot more time to, to look up and take in the scenery. But certainly with Hayden, you, you've got probably a lot less time than with any other driver in the country because you're just going that much quicker. So going that much quicker is one thing. And um, when we were, uh, sorry, lost you before, I was trying to do my best at, at explaining how uh, different drivers need different information and, and some of it's quite simple and basic. And then people like Hayden demand, um, from what I've listened to, a whole lot more information to to just get the absolute best out of every metre, every kilometre of road. They they need a lot of info. Now, um, are, you, are you ready for that? Are you ready for what's going to be required to give him at such speed and, and the amount of information? Um, yeah, I, I like to say that I, that I think I'm ready. We um, we haven't actually had a chance to have a proper go in the car yet. We, uh, we were meant to do a, a small test last weekend, but it was unfortunately called off due to the weather. So um, I can't can't say for certain because I've never done it before, but I'd I certainly like to think I can. And, um, yeah, Hayden's just got got so much information in his pace notes so he he doesn't have to think really during the stage because we're we as his co-driver are telling him the exact amount of information he knows to drive the stage perfectly so he doesn't have to think so that's why he's got 
a lot of information. So it's very much just getting it out as quickly as he can. And because Hayden's very skilled and, and talented in his ability to listen to what we're saying, it's almost impossible to, to speak too far ahead for him. So in, with that respect, have you been, have you, how much have you been sort of pouring over um, notes from other rallies and bits and pieces to, to try and understand um, you know the way that he needs it, or you know, reading reading John's notes or whatever. I mean, um, what have you? How much have you been uh, sort of researching? Yeah, I've been doing exactly that, Murph. I've been spending quite a few few afternoons just going over some previous notes that that John's given to me, and John's been really really helpful in that retrospect. He's been super helpful, just giving me lots of tips about reading the notes and sort of things that that he sort of does naturally because he he's spent so many years with Hayden, whereas with someone who's stepping in for the first time might not be their natural instinct to do those things. So, and just, yeah, looking over his notes and just reading them and writing them and practice, practice saying them, which is what I'm going to be doing on Saturday. So it's just trying to get more familiar with that and sort of cutting out that split second to think about what I'm actually going to say and just trying to make it a natural process because come Saturday, it, it needs to be a natural process because we're going that fast that you sort of don't have time to think. So do, I'm assuming, and I hope I'm right here, that you went on the recce with Hayden to, to look at the to, the, 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 the runs? Yes, so we, that's what we've been doing today. We went out on recce four stages today, which was, was really good. Hayden actually had um, some previous year's notes for most of today's stages, so that was quite good as I could look over them a bit during the week and, and sort of get a feel for them. And so it was less sort of work to do on the recce as we've already got a good base set of notes so we don't have to write them from scratch. Ah, uh, that's what that's what I wanted to know because I, my next question was going to be how different are the, are the stages to what he's got? Yeah, I think we're, we're using about half of, of previous year's stages. So there's a few really good stages in particular down here in Tamaru that the organisers like to use sort of quite regularly. So we've got a few few notes for them. And then uh, actually just talking to Hayden the other night, the first three stages we do are stages that he's never done before. So it's not like he can sort of have a rough idea of where he's going come stage one. It'll be a lot of trust and faith put in me to steer him in the right direction. Hey, um, just because you just told me that, um, are you repeating those stages? Uh, no, we're not. We're doing all the stages once on Saturday. Oh, one. Yeah, okay. You're right. No worries. Hey, just tell me, um, genuinely, how excited are you about this opportunity? Oh, honestly, I don't think it's sort of quite sunk in yet. I mean, yeah, yeah. it's... <laughs> It's, you know, I've grown up, I've watched Hayden for a very, very long time. I can still remember getting up in the middle of the night to watch him when he won the 2016 Rally Argentina in the WRC. So I don't quite think it's it sort of sunk in yet, the sort of significance for me, but I sort of think, you know, after after a sort of wee times passed, I'll, it'll sink in and, and I'll, I'll sort of come to terms with what I've done. Is it something you want to do professionally? Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I, growing up, I've always wanted to, to try and, and aspire to be a professional co-driver. So um, I'm sort of trying to take a few a few steps to get into that direction. And you know, it, it's it's very much with lots of professional sports people, you sort of got to be very, very talented and very, very skilled to be in those positions. So it's just about building up my experience and my skills here in New Zealand, and then hopefully 
if it all sort of works out heading overseas. Well, Jared, you don't seem to lack confidence, so we all we can do is wish you the best of luck. Uh, go well, uh, and make sure you don't give him a, an, a, a, a seven left oh, or a no, seven Stephen, right. Stephen, Stephen, Stephen. Oh, is stop. that like is that like just, the banana thing? That's like the banana thing, right? Yeah. Just stop, Stephen. Oh, okay. No fun. Hey, Hold on, Jared. Have fun, buddy. Thank you very much, guys. Great to talk to you. Yeah, you don't, too. Eight twenty-three. I know. I was. Don't do that. Oh, I was. Oh, you're no fun. Eight twenty-three. No. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Do you want? Do you want to have? Do you want him to come back to you next week? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Eight twenty-three. This is Repco Race Control. Uh, Mitch Evans from somewhere. Not sure whether it's Monaco or England. Uh, coming your way next. If you're into cars, get into Repco. Everything you need for your car this summer. You're listening to Race Control with Greg Murphy and Stephen McIver. Eight twenty-seven. It's got that funky feeling for a Thursday. And we love it. It's just it's, it's that time of night. It's eight twenty-eight, and time to go. I'm not sure where I'm going to Monaco, or I'm not sure I'm going to England. Where are we, Mitch Evans, this week? Uh, evening, guys. Uh, I'm in the south of France. I'm in Monaco at the moment. Oh, that sounds terrible for you. We know that's home base for you, but we. <laughs> but when you say it, it just sounds even more glamorous, mate. Congratulations on uh, being uh, the Jakarta E Prix winner in, in style, man. It must have been such a good feeling. Yeah, thanks, mate. It was uh, it was a great win. Um, it was a tough win. It was a tough a tough event. Um, everything that sort of is, is is challenging with with the category is, is sort of threw everything at you that event. Um, mainly down to the climate. It was um, it was extremely hot, very humid. Probably the worst I've, I've experienced. Um, and I've raced in you know, Malaysia, Singapore in the past, and in GP two. So yeah, just for you know, obviously naturally that makes the you know, trying to set up the car, um, quite difficult, you know, get everything operating in the right window. Um, and yeah, it was just, a yeah. And, and throughout the race, it was quite a, you know, it's quite a strategy battle between, um, the top guys. And, and, and fortunately, you know, we, we, we got it done in the end and, um, you know, came out with a victory, which was a, a really important one, um, at this time of the championship. But, uh, yeah, with all the challenges that we had to face, it was, it was a nice one to win. What was? Tell us about the track. Uh, first time there. Um, did you enjoy it? Was it a good one? Was it well put together, designed, all that stuff? Yeah, I mean, uh, morning, oh, evening, Murphy. Um, <laughs> uh, I didn't realize you're on, on on with us, so that's cool. Um, yeah, I mean, it was, oh, sorry, uh, it was a good event. Um, <laughs> what a bonus! That's eh? right. Because the last time I came in, it was just it was just you, Stephen. So, uh, right. Um, yeah. So the, the track, the event was 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 actually one of the slickest of, of experiences I joined the category. The, the actual layout was, I think, a really good um, a good distance, a good challenge. A lot of combined entries, uh, which is always challenging with this car. I mean, in, in any race car, really. Um, a really, like, one of the best surfaces of, of experience. Um, oh, yeah. yeah, I mean, maybe a few more, like, sort of, Passing opportunities would have been good, but um, there was there was still you know still a few places to overtake, uh, which obviously which which gave me the victory in the end, which you know making the move on 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 uh, on Jeff, but um, yeah, and, and also the fans like they really embraced us coming and you know um, welcomed us uh, really well. So uh, I think overall, apart from the heat, it was <laughs> it was a really good event, and um, you know they did a good job for their first time. 
The one thing that fascinates me about Formula E is how you just really can't tell how your car is going to go in a different environment. Like you've got Marrakesh next, so the the way you set up the car for Jakarta, how different do you set up for Marrakesh? I mean, what little tweaks do you make or, or big changes do you make per round? Yeah, I mean that's that's the tricky thing. That's what you know. Um, I've got a lot of a lot of smart people um, in my corner. <laughs> A lot smarter than me that are making, you know, obviously the the, the big directional calls um, with with how well what we think this particular track needs with in combination with with the climate. Um, and, and Marrakesh is going to be, you know, similar to to Jakarta in terms of the climate. It's going to actually going to be hotter ambient, less less uh, humidity. But um, we're going there at a time where it's it's sort of coming to the peak of summer, so we may see. Temperatures in the forties, um, so we've had to adjust the adjust the um, our timetable, our, our, our race race day to try and be able to cope with um, those extreme temps. So we're racing quite late in in the well, early early evening, basically. Um, it's not a night race, but it will probably finish as a sunset. Um, and then uh, then obviously look at the track layout and 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 sort of see what that needs. We've got historical data from from that from that track. Uh, which we've been quite strong at in the past, but you know, in, in January, February, where it's you know it's quite cool and, and the temperatures are quite quite stable. So yeah, it's going to throw another another challenge up. I would, I would expect it's going to have to be a similar sort of approach to Jakarta, just because of the the time of the year we're going there. Um, but what's what's another challenge for for Marrakesh is just it's a very energy sensitive track. So basically, what that means is to achieve our you know, energy target per lap in the race. It's a lot more difficult compared to to, to Jakarta, just in terms of on throttle time and the amount of amount of times we can recover the energy. So that's going to add another element. Um, you know, in combination with you know trying to get the tires in the window, battery temps, etc. So um, yeah, I think yeah, Jakarta and the next one are going to be the, the two two of the biggest challenges. I think for for everyone involved. You know, just physically. Um, you know, through strategy, through setup, through everything, it's very hard to uh, to get everything, you know, all the variables in, in, uh, under control. But um, you know, like like Jakarta, when you get it right, it feels so good. So uh, yeah, I'm sure I'm sure it'll be good. But it's just depend, you know, obviously on the on the day you you have to get everything right, um, and hopefully hopefully we can manage that. Um, Formula E are, are doing. Uh, a lot of things trying to be the first and coming up with a whole lot of new ideas and the way they go about their racing, the circuits and all that kind of stuff. And one of them is the qualifying. Um, and I, I caught the qualifying um, and it's the first time I've actually watched watched it through and then seen the duels, the qualifying duels. Um, do, do you like that format? I actually thought it was actually quite cool. I, I quite enjoyed seeing it. Very, very different kind of challenge for, for the drivers. A lot of sort of, you know, Shootouts kind of deal. Um, it was. I thought it was quite interesting. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, obviously, the, the, a massive talking point for the last few seasons has been the, the qualifying format, um, where people, you know, at the, at the front of the championship got massively disadvantaged because they went through obviously the group group stages. The first, you know, the top six went first, and then the next six, and the yeah. next six, ne- next six. So then, like, you had a massive track evolution. So. A lot of the teams have been complaining. Um, you know, some of the teams pulled out because of the qualifying format. Um, so it's it's come a little bit later than it should have, but I think it's it's come at a, a good you know a, a good time to 
to shake things up. And I think, um, and a lot of thought's been gone into it because the thing with Formula, you've obviously got, um, you know, obviously got the, the, you know, the, the range of, of the battery, how much can, how, how much can it take within, you know, a single charge and also different power levels. So, and we're also very limited on tires. So um, how, how do we fit all those sort of um, variables in, into and you know into into a qualifying session? So I think the way they've got it now is a lot fairer, and you're you're starting to see. Oh, where's he gone? Have we lost him, Jacob? Just gone, just like that. Do you want to try and get him back? We just double I thought shoot. it was me. No, we've lost him. Okay, well we'll get it. We'll get. Oh. He didn't. He didn't pay his bloody phone bill, Stephen. Mate, the money he's making, he, he must have about. He should have about five phones. Uh, you know. Well, he's, I think he owns the network. <laughs> yeah, living in Monaco. Because I, I, there is one question I have to ask him if we can get him back, uh, and that's of course we had Nick Cassidy on last week who races for Envision Racing, right? And I asked him about the design of the car, and I love it, right? And Mick went, Nick went, Nick went, yuck. Is he there? Yeah. Is he there, Jacob? Oh, okay. So you're back. You're back. You're back with us, Sherlock. Are you there? Yeah, I mean, I, actually, I never left, so I, I don't know what happened there. Okay. So, what, <laughs> so, uh, so, Karen, what you were talking about? Because I've instantly forgotten the jewels about the jewels, the jewels, yeah, sorry, the jewels you man, the jewels. Yeah. Yeah, and then um, obviously, if you make it, you obviously you've got two groups now. The top four go into into a dual, like sort of quarterfinals, semifinals, and finals, where you go up against another guy. Honestly, I really enjoy it. Um, being part of it is Ooh. is really exciting. Um, but I think, you know, which is probably the most important is that it's it's, it's better to watch um, to see who obviously makes it through. Obviously, like during the dual stage, you've got like the the time, the live time doubts between the two cars. You can see who's up, even though at different parts of the track. You know, so it's it's mm. quite it's quite engaging. I think so. I think it's been a it's, it's been a nice addition to um to the championship. Okay, final question for you tonight. We spoke to Nick Cassidy last week, and I said, man, I love that new design of the car. And he went, yeah. What about you? <laughs> You're talking about the Gen 3 car? The Gen 3 car. I love it. Murph, Murph that is not flash, but I'm like all over like a wet, oh, wet rag. Listen, I, I, think it's, I think it is so unbelievably almost over the top in its design. It looks like, do you remember Blue Thunder from that? The, the, oh, that was a helicopter. Helicopter from years ago with all its stealth-looking well, M- bodywork. Well, Mitch wouldn't it have been like born. It, should, it just looks like it should fly. It seriously looks like it should be flying, not, <laughs> not on a race. There's track. an opening there. There's an opening there for you to come in there, Mitch. We said it should fly. <laughs> I mean, I, I do agree a bit. Um <laughs> Yeah, um, it was. It wouldn't be my first pick. Oh, uh, <laughs> okay. Look, I'm trying to. I'm trying to. I'm trying to be a little bit, a little bit, a little bit political with this. Um, yeah. You either love look, it or you don't. What's ex- okay. What's exciting about it is the technology. Let's, let's just let's yeah. talk about the tech. Can we talk about the tech? No, no, the, I don't want to. Have you driven it? Have you driven it yet? I haven't. I haven't. Um, actually, when? Nick when? Uh, Nick drove it this week. Uh, I'm, I'll be driving it over the next uh, within the next month. I'll be I'll be right. driving it. So that's exciting. Um, yeah. a huge, huge change in terms of what's underneath um, underneath the bonnet is. It's a big step up. Um, yeah, aesthetically, it's different. Um, it's maybe all grown up. But, uh, what do you mean? Yeah. What do you mean by what's under the bonnet? It's a bloody battery. 
I mean, the battery tech is obviously the battery tech is 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 uh, evolved a lot, so it's a lot lighter, more volume, um, <laughs> but then also just uh, the regs involved uh, with with the powertrain, and we, we've we've now got a front motor <laughs> as well, which is quite. Oh, that's right, you do have a front motor. New yeah. tire, new tire manufacturer. So we're from we go from Michelin to Hankook. Oh, um, wow! So it's, it's a big it's a big change, um, obviously. From from Gen One to Gen Two was a big change, but this is probably a a bigger step. Um, we we yet to sort of see, you know, how much faster it's going to be. Um, a lot of it depends on you know the the aero and also the tire performance. Um, yeah. But in terms of like in terms of like, let's say horsepower numbers, it's it's a lot more. Uh, it's just whether we've got the grip to be able to use it. That's probably the next uh, big question mark. So um, yeah, um, yeah, yeah just, so I think it's exciting. That, do you, what's so? Just that, explain to me what the go is there with with the tire side of things that's being used on, in Formula E. I'm looking at a picture of the new car there with a with a tire. It's a groove tire. It looks, you know, effectively. I know it's it's probably not, but it looks like a road tire. It obviously goes in the wet and the dry. But but why have they gone down that path? So effectively, yeah, it is a road tire. Um, but it's so the, the the reason why it's gone on this route is so. And obviously, the the championship's very much based on sustainability. Um, you know, reducing their carbon footprint. So instead of if you have obviously, we, if we put slicks on the car, it will, it will find a lot of lap time. But then yeah. we've got to carry wet tires as well, and then we've got to carry more. You know, more advanced pit equipment Go and just more sort of add to the cost, and also more tires. And you're carrying more tires around the world. So okay. they've come up with this this tire that operates in basically any condition. So I've, I've driven in this with this tire when it's been like minus one two degrees and i've driven it when it's been like 40 and i've driven it when it's been damp when it's been super wet so they're trying to cover all all bases so basically we can just use the same tire throughout the whole day um which i I totally understand obviously you know for sure would love a slick tire because obviously you know as a driver you're you just want more grip and 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 all that but obviously there's a there's a bit of a message behind why we run a a controlled tire um, yep. And yeah, so that that's got its downsides, obviously, from a performance point of view. But obviously, there's there's obviously huge upsides of of um, you know what the championship sort of you know based based around yep. and, and the message message they're trying to spread. That's fair enough. Okay, that that was and everyone and everyone's the same. Everyone's the same, so it doesn't matter. But exactly. you, but you still don't okay, like. It's a, quite a complicated thing to get it working in the right range for a certain temp. You know, certain, sorry, certain conditions, but. Um, it's like any any racing championship, right? You got to find that performance window for any any tire that's out there. So it's uh, it's a big challenge, but it's um, as you said, it's the same for everyone. Well, I don't care what you or Murph think. I I think it looks mega. Okay, yeah, Gen three car is sweet. Oh my god! Yeah, I mean, I'll be I'll be Just driving. I'll be, I'll be, I think that's uh, that. I'm so I'm uh, I'm excited for that. I'm really excited to get behind the wheel of it. Um, I bet. I think the the main thing is to make sure that the the racing still still top because I think the racing is is you know some of the best racing in the world. Very close, um, very unpredictable. So I hope that obviously sticks around and um, yeah, hopefully it's a success. All right, Mitch, we've annoyed you enough. What do you got? What's the rest of the day hold for you? A little bike ride with your your pals, your your posse. I'm just going to finish my coffee first, and then I'll, um, <laughs> I'll probably I'm going to the gym. I'm going to the gym in about an hour. So okay, okay. Right, so, okay. so here's the annoying here's the annoying question: Where are you drinking your coffee, and does it have a nice view? 
<laughs> Honestly, yes. Oh, come on. <laughs> uh, I'm on my balcony. My, my balcony, I'm, I'm, I got super lucky in my apartment. I'm, I look right onto, the, onto one of the ports here in, in Monaco, so I'm... I'm yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and the weather's the weather's, the weather's like insane. Uh, like I'm not going to say anymore because I know it's probably cold yeah. and miserable back home it right is? now. So. Yeah, it no. is. Um, it is. Yeah. All right. Yeah, exactly. Thank, so, thank, uh, thank, I won't say anymore. All right. Well, we are I'll now. Send your photo. Green, green, photo. green yeah, eyed. Do that. Send us a photo. Yeah, photo. that'd be nice. Yeah. Just what's yeah. out, but okay. Green eyed with envy. Thanks always for giving us your time, buddy. Go well and uh, Marrakesh. Talk, man. Thanks, Thanks guys. Take it easy. <laughs> right, Mitch Evans, Jaguar Formula oh, E driver, so won good. the last one. How good is his life? He should not apologise. No. He should not apologise. Not one bit. Not. It's 8.43 on, here on Repco uh, Race Control. I just had to ask the question because I could just see him in his Gucci lo- in his Gucci loafers looking over the pool with his little, little, you know, little, pretty little Americano just sitting there and going, oh, life's tough. I wonder what, wonder what Nick's doing. Oh, that's right, he's racing DTM. I wonder what my Formula One mates are doing. I'll just go down the corridor and see. <laughs> oh, my goodness. This is Repco Race Control. Speaking of F1, there is a lot to talk about uh, Grand Prix of Canada at Circuit Gilles Villeneuve this weekend. And Murphy are going to have a chat about what's been going on in F1. If you're into cars, get into Repco. Everything you need for your car this summer. You're listening to Race Control with Greg Murphy and Stephen McIver. This is Repco Race Control on a Thursday evening, wherever you are. Hello, g'day, kia ora. It's 8.48 and Murph and McIver are just about to wrap up the show with this one. Around eight minutes to go, but there's plenty of time to talk about F1. The big news coming out of Australia today that the Formula One Grand Prix has been renewed for another... Well, to 2035, I see. But even more, yeah. even more exciting, Murph, uh, they'll finally bring down Formula 2 and Formula 3 there as well, which I think is really cool. Yeah, that's, yeah I think that's a, it's a huge addition. And um, I think it, it throws a lot of respect uh, to the event in Melbourne, which is loved by all. Um, so to have the two feeder categories um, come down as, as part of that uh, is going to be new, great for the champ, uh, great for the... The event itself, um, they did say because pe- people are straight away who's going to miss out because of that, and uh, I don't think supercars will miss out. I'm sure they'll be on. No, I think the they calendar are because they are such a big draw. Well, they haven't confirmed it past next year, but ah, okay. I'm pretty sure it will be. Um, it has got a contract next year, so there's. I mean, it's such an important part for the success of that event is having supercars there. So I have no doubt that that'll continue. I want to quickly talk about. Um, the continued whinging of um, the seven-time <laughs> world champion, Lewis Hamilton. Oh, poor Lewis. Lewis, <laughs> the world's against him. Oh, my goodness, his back got sore at Baku, um, Stephen. The, the, poor the Lewis. porpoising, the porpoising. Oh, my goodness, the porpoising. Oh, I've never been in so much pain. I need Mercedes boss Toto Wolf cast doubt. Over whether Hamilton could race at this weekend's Canadian Grand Prix, Stephen. Wow. Oh my goodness, no! <laughs> it is such a load of rubbish. He is such a drama queen. I dislike him even more now than what I did before. He just got to stop. He's got to stop. It's pathetic. Yeah, look. I, d- I wouldn't know what that porpoising like, but it is it is an issue, right? He's the only one. 
He's the only one complaining at the level. And yeah. No one else is complaining. Is his teammate complaining? No, he just gets on with the job and puts it on the podium again. That's what he Actually, does. And, and but we... Lewis cannot help himself but to try and have the focus and attention on him. And he'll do whatever it takes, no matter how bad it sounds. Which, which, awful. which, when you think about it, it sort of, it doesn't diminish his legacy being a seven-time champion, but it does, it does put a little bit of rust on it, eh? You know, do you know what? It, 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 there was some conversation um, uh, by the commentators and the team there that um, from Sky that were doing the coverage on the weekend. I thought it was really interesting. You know, it, it does highlight what he has had in the past to be able to do the job, right? He, it, it is highlighted that he has had the best of the best for all that. Because he hasn't forgotten how to drive. No. He hasn't forgotten how to drive, right? He's just complaining because he's not winning, right? He's just complain, complain, complain. Everything's a complaint at the moment. But he doesn't have the car that he has had to be able to do the job that he has done in the past. And other people do now. And, and it's a problem for him because it is highlighting the fact he won a ton of races and a ton of championships because he's very good at what he does, maybe one of the best ever, but he had the best gear to do it. And now he doesn't, and, and it's just going through a cycle. Finally, the cycle has caught up, and finally he's not the one that's got the best gear to do the job. And I just think it's really interesting, um, and, and that's what happens. It, it just happens. And people are going, what's up with Lewis? What's up with Lewis? Well, Lewis just doesn't have the best gear that he's, that he's been so used to having for so long. And now he's finding every single possible excuse to have a whinge about it. Yet, as you say, he should be looking across the garage with the most consistent, oh. the, one of the most consistent yeah. performers in his first year with a team this car is not the best. Yet he's, he's just getting on with it. He's just getting on with it. Actually, speaking of getting on with it, uh, there's God, two. I'm, I'm there, so sick of it. You're over him. Should we? we, we should we I'm, ban? I'm, should I'm, we ban was, ourselves from talking about Lewis from now on? No, because I'm, I'm going to want to have another rant at some stage. <laughs> okay, tell us how you really feel. Uh, Lance Stroll, just, Nicholas Latifi, yep. both Canadians, yes. back home, right? But two drivers that are doing pretty much zero for their teams. One's got Daddy on his team. The other one's got Daddy supporting the team. But the real question, and uh, this is what this really intrigues me. Well, Latifi's Latifi's going to be gone after this one. Well, that's after the rumor. Do you think the no, the, the rumor is stronger, and Piastri will get the drive? He has got the drive. Oh, oh hang on a minute. That was uber confident, like uber yep. like you know. Do yep. you know? Can you yep. categorically say on Repco Race Control, Oscar Piastri will take over from Nicholas Latifi uh, at the British Grand Prix or whenever? Ninety-nine point nine 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 percent sure. You know something, don't you? You just you're just not telling me. Again. No, I'm no, I'm just reading between the lines. He's oh, going to yeah. be in that car. But see if he's out. They've, they've got to move on. And and then the next question will be, and it's unlikely, but because Dad owns the team, what what are they going to do with Stroll? Because I um yeah. Well, I'd, I'd he's but, underperforming. Well, the the car's not exactly great, is it? Although Vettel is getting yeah, something out of it. Starting to yes, get, he is starting to get things. I mean, Baku was terrible for Stroll. He crashed the car twice in two laps or something and was just just, just nowhere, absolutely nowhere. Daddy's so boy's not car. delivering, and that's why I have a question no. over, over... What about some... Ferrari? Ferrari's oh, not delivering. Oh, my gosh. I, 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 was, I was heartbroken. It makes, wanna, it makes you cringe, doesn't it? Yeah. it well, because they, they, if they, 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 we're only, what, eight races into a 22-race season. It's a long way to yep. go, and I know we're running out of time here, but, man, if they don't get there together... Uh, they could see the championship fall away real quick. Well, it, it, 
I mean, is 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 Max Verstappen going to start handing back points hand over fist with <laughs> with fight? We don't. He might do. It might start to fall apart for Red Bull at some stage. I mean, they had some failures early on. He's now caught up, and now he's disappeared into the distance. It could reverse itself because that that's what happens in sport. But but Ferrari right now would be very very concerned about um, trying to actually get back on top of things and catch up. Okay, we got a minute and a half. One thing for me which was really good and I felt really sorry for was uh, Ricardo finding some form, uh, although team orders were, were almost undid him. And you know, I'm faster than him. Lando goes, well, I'm faster than him, and they just let them race. And I, was, I was happy to see him beat Norris. Oh no, but it would, but again, we're, we're talking. We're talking for the miners, very, very much the miners. And, and so what do they need to do now is is back that up. If you don't back it up this week at Canada, then really that was just a one-off. And one-offs are just not going to get it done. So they've got a lot of work to do. Let's quickly cover off Liam, poor old Liam Lawson. Amazing job in qualifying, stuck it on the front row, um, came from ninth on the grid, got through to second in the in the uh, to, to third in the sprint race and then another shocker by Carlin Carlin are making his life very very yeah, hard and and, and they continue if they continue to do that it's going to hurt him going forward as yes, well we are is. done for Repco race control Merv have a great weekend I know you're racing in Nerdick this weekend the final round so yeah. have some fun I'll talk to you next week on I'm going to be wet I'm going to go splashing swimming I'm going to be swimming at Hampton I'll Downs talk to you on Sky Speed Sanjay I uh, hope you get better but Jacob's done a fine job Thanks, thank Jacob. you our friend uh, we'll catch you next weekend Uh, next excuse me next Thursday this is Repco Race Control take it easy everybody